Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven, while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala smart oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com. As you can see, there is a trio, but it's not the trio that you're used to. That's because it's a bank holiday, and we've put the bank holiday staff on. Welcome along to Kevin Graham and to Alan Morrison. How are you doing, gents? I, I were fine, but before anybody starts at and us and that, 
we're not the one. We're just the ones that are no against the jubilee. Everybody on a Celtic state of mind is against the jubilee, but because they've got family stuff and that one, so they're not away waving flags and hot and bunting up or anything like that before Twitter goes into meltdown. Colin, oh no, it's just we all get the day off, but I mean, it's for somebody sitting on their backside for 70 years, so I don't know, maybe. Maybe we'll all get that when we all turn 70. Kev, you're not too far away from that now, are you? Cheers, Colin. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been a while. I've, I've got a wee while. 20, 24 years. I've got 24. Closer okay. to 50, though. That's... Don't need yourself on here. It's all right. We'll get through it. Just like we've got a lot to get through today um, as we look back on the last 24 hours in the world of Celtic. If you are watching live on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, give us a like, subscribe to the channel. Um, as you know, we put out daily content even during this pre-season and there's still plenty to talk about. And we're going to start today, since it's a bank holiday, since it's a bit of fun, it's Friday, we're all off work, let's have a bit of fun. We're going to start today's show with a Who Am I? So get involved in the comments section, we'll see who between Kevin and Alan can get this. There'll be four clues to an ex-Celtic player. Uh, first person to get it gets a virtual pint or a virtual can of Coca-Cola. So we're starting with the Who Am I ex-Celt edition. Um, so first clue. I made 59 appearances for Celtic, scoring two goals. Sounds like a defender. Chris Morris. No, not Chris no, Morris, played- Alan. You want to make he a guess? Played, he played more than that, didn't he? How, 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 far, are we, how far are we going back, by the way? <laughs> I think you're going to uh, 18, 18, 18, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's in, it's in my lifetime. Right, so that's the second one. It's in my lifetime. All right, okay. Ooh, so right. This century then, by my eyes. <laughs> um, okay, you want a second clue? Uh, yes. Second clue. In my career, so I've played yes, alongside... Right. 59 appearances, two goals... Oh. Uh, Oh, Alan's trying to work out something here. Go on. I know the, the stat man. No, no, you're right. I'm just, I'm just, um, trying, I'm just, I'm just trying to look pensive, you know. <laughs> Marky Mac, nineteen sixty-seven, comes in to say Mark Wilson. It's not Mark Wilson. Clue number two in my career, I've played alongside Bruno Alves, James McLean, Harry Maguire, and Stefan Johansson. Adam Matthews. It's not Adam Matthews. Oh, I thought I was, I was serious with that one there. Crikey. Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire played for Sheffield United. Uh, crikey. Um, and Hull City, actually. Uh, don't we mention them? I'm going to go for Berem Kyle. <laughs> it's not Berem Kyle. Mark, Mark keeps coming in with them, saying Gary Caldwell. It's not Gary Caldwell. No, Paddy Laverty coming in for Shane Duffy. Shane Duffy did not make 59 appearances last season. <laughs> We'd have got relegated if he had. <laughs> <laughs> um, clue number three. My wife is also a professional footballer and won the inaugural female Ballon d'Or in 2018. Oh, Bloody hell. Eric Shevchenko. It's not Shevchenko. I can't, I was oh, going to say that. Guess, one, that's a good guess. That, yeah. that was uh, Ballon d'Or. Uh... That's pointing to somebody form now, eh? Ah, yeah, is he? What the hell? Who did they play with in the Celtic team? I'll get to that in a minute. 
50, 59 appearances. That means he's only been there about two seasons. Right? So, two seasons, Col- yeah. so Colin says it's in his lifetime. So oh, we've had some amount of dross actually went through our doors. Uh, that like <laughs> like fly by night. Miku. It's not Miku. I didn't play fifty nine times. I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm just yeah. trying to chuck out random names yeah. now. Do you want the, the? Do you want the last clue so far? Yes. So your fourth clue. I have two caps for my country, both of which were earned whilst I was playing for Celtic. <sighs> Kev looks like he's he's going to throw something out there. Uh, two caps uh, being earned. I'm going to say someone in the comment section has it right. Don't dare look, though. Don't you dare look, Kevin. I've seen it. <laughs> I... He had a decent really game at Ibrox once. He scored at Ibrox, eh? Mm-hmm. He did, aye. One of his two goals. Yes. Day that we went to Ibrox to win the league under Neil Lennon in 2012, and we, ended, we were 3 nothing down, and we ended up pulling it back to 3 2. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that would have been uh, Rockney that scored that goal. That's the Correct, Alan. The Tom, player yeah. we were looking for this afternoon is Thomas Ronnie or Rockney, or however you pronounce it. Congratulations in the chat to Adam Crockett, who got <laughs> it first. Yeah. Um, what a start that is. His, uh, his wife is part of the Leon women's team who I believe ah. just recently won the Champions League and have won it about five Brilliant. or six years in a row. Um, she's the highest record goal scorer in the women's Champions League and he was a bang average centre-half. So what a couple they make. They're, like, for five minutes, he did look like he was going to be a decent centre-half. Then Which, he just kind of got it, injured what? and Tony Mowbray either, eh? That's... I'm trying to think who his wife is. It's not Liz Omer. She's I know she's a good player, but I think this but there's another player that's scored hundreds of goals for them. I think she got another one in the final against Barcelona. I did watch it, but I can't remember her name. Um, but no, Thomas Runy. Um, yeah, just it's, I think I, just a, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, Alan. His wife's name is Ada Hederberg. Hederberg, that's it. Yeah, yeah. She's like a over a goal a game, I think, for Leon. She scored. Mm-hmm. Remarkable. Yep. But Thomas Ronya, yeah. I mean, I just remember him being a young player that was kind of thrown into the team probably before his time. I think was my main memory of him. Yep. That's it was right, at that right. time when we we were continually um, having. Yeah, hello. You hear me? Yeah, I think, I think we've got a wee bit of a delay with Alan, so we'll we'll, we'll catch up there. Just saying, okay. Ryan Walsh came yeah. in to say um, that he's now playing for Apollon Simranis. That's probably Kev. How would you pronounce it? You're good at butchering stuff like that. Apollon Simranis. <laughs> there you go. We'll go with that. I'll just add in a couple of syllables and consonants and stuff like that. So, Alan, you were saying about your team, the memories of um, Thomas Ronnie at Celtic. In terms of stats, where would you would be? Would you think you would suit in a, an Ange Postecoglou team? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't remember him being a, a silky passer of the ball. I think he was chucked into the team very young, wasn't he? I think it was a time when 
we continually had either centre back or striker shortages, and people had to be thrown into big games. That yeah, I seem to remember him having to fill in a lot when the you know more experienced players weren't available. I don't remember him being particularly uh, a regular. Was he one of Mowbray's signings as well? Yeah, from memory. Aye. Yeah. yeah. He was there not, for longer not, not than two seasons. Really, nah, mm. nobody come nobody comes out that well. Like you had Thomas Rodney and probably Josh Thompson and the defeat against Ross County. Josh Thompson, man, yeah. that, that was one of the boys that I, oh, yeah. I still believe had never seen a football football in his life, and <laughs> yeah, he yeah. managed to make it as a professional football player. Eh? But if I remember uh, correctly, did Josh Thompson not score in Lennon's first game at Celtic Park when he came back? Against Motherwell, two headers. You're a better man. Than scored, me, if that's the case. I know he scored two goals in one game uh, in a two-one win. I think it was against Motherwell. Yeah. Well, I see. I'll take that one. And by the in the comment section that can prove me wrong, just stay quiet, please. Um, but <laughs> you're giving me post traumatic stress here, Colin. Move on. <laughs> right, we are about to move on. It's actually a very good segue because we're going to talk about a current centre half who seems to have picked up a bit of an injury during the international break, and that is Sweden's Karl Starfelt. He was stretched off last night, Kev, for Sweden. Looks like he's got a bit of a hamstring injury. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Although it's sort of pre-season, you still get time to recover. It is still quite a worrying thing to see someone getting stretched off the park like that. It is, but then it is, is it any really surprise? He's had, he's had a long season. A, a tough season as well. Poster Coglu always says that the training's just as hard as the games. He then has maybe 10 days off where he's away to IB for throwing shapes with Diego Jota, uh, Jota and, and that. Eh? So his fitness drops and he comes back for a couple of days training camp with, with, with Sweden, gets 45 minutes. It's no really surprise that he's, he's picked up a muscle injury, truthfully. Eh? Um, I'm, I'm worried about quite a lot of the boys that are away at this point just because of the way that these fixtures have been hemmed in. Um, because, well, when you have a look at it, I think, well, like Starfield's one there, the new, there's other guys that have been away, they've had a break, they've had five, ten days break, then they've came back into training, playing games again. Eh? It is a worry, and we did have problems with hamstrings this season. So hopefully it's not too bad for Carl Starfelt. Hopefully it's just like back for the start of pre-season, which is two weeks, I think, would he be. But he's an international player, so he would probably have got more time off anyway. Um, but I hopefully hopefully he's back uh, for when he was due back after pre-season anyway. Yeah, I think the, the guys go away to Austria the first week of July, so probably back in at Lennox Town the week before that. But Alan... When you look at it, it's another muscle injury, another hamstring injury, and a position where we're not exactly at the minute filled with depth in the squad. I think if you're Ange and you're looking at that, you're thinking it's just a, a horrible time to pick up that injury. But does it open the door for someone like Stephen Welsh, who, when he comes into pre-season, knows if he hits the ground running, he could make that jersey his own? 
I mean, possibly. I do. I do feel that there is an area that needs, you know, strengthening basically. So it would be an area that I hope that we are looking to get somebody in who's first team ready in any case, because uh, we're light on numbers. I don't see the depth behind uh, the players that you mentioned there. I mean, Starfelt had a hamstring injury in November and he missed mm-hmm. five games. Uh, and then after that, he pretty much all but two games he played and pretty much played 90 minutes, uh, if not more, in, in, in all of them. So I was a bit surprised that they all went on holiday, then came back and I forgot about the international games, actually. And then they, suddenly they're playing international football again. It just seems really, really weird. I mean, not, I'm not, you know, the guys deserve a holiday. Of course they do. But the, the timing of it just seems seems really weird. Um, I think this is something Celtic are going to have to address. I think there was, um, in terms of the number of soft muscle uh, injuries, I mean, there was a, an epidemic. I mean, I, I do feel that the way that Kyogo was treated was was awful, actually. It was obvious that he needed to be rested when he got his hamstring injury, and it ended up being far more serious than it needed to be. You know, Turnbull had been playing every minute before he got his hamstring injury. Um, and if you look at it, um, although Celtic used... Uh, 40 players over the season and actually had near 50 in the match day squad if you count those that had to come and, and sit on the bench even though they weren't used there was actually only a core of about 19 players mm-hmm. that uh, played any meaningful numbers of minutes and, and actually after uh, the new year when he got his recruitments in it was a pretty tight bunch of players that Foster Cogby relied upon now I, I don't think that's sustainable the, the type of training, the intensity of the training and the style of football that we play. I think there's still a lot of work to do in terms of the squad management there. And centre-back is one of the areas that needs to be uh, addressed. And, you know, Welsh, I think, has probably done enough to to to, to um, be a, considered a squad player. But I, I don't think he'd be considered a reliable first pick against the sort of standard of opposition that we're going to be playing. So I'd be looking yeah. to strengthen in that area for sure. Yeah, and we're going to get on to the squad depth later on in the show. We're going to bring up our, our tier list and see where we would put everyone ahead of the transfer window opening. Um, but, Kev, the question's coming in here from John Boy 67 So if Staffett was injured, we need to ensure Julian stays, as he's a lot to still give us. Johnny Ryan backs that up, saying, could it mean that we hang on to Julian? Now, even a week ago, we were saying Chris Julian's Celtic career was pretty much done. He came out with his interview just before the last game of the season basically begging to play the 90 minutes and then was left out of the squad. Do you think this changes it now if we see this injury to Cal Staffelt? Very much similar to the way that we approached pre-season last year when um, our only right-back was Anthony Ralston? I always thought anyway, even if we signed Cameron Carter-Vickers, uh, that we would bring in an off-centre-half anyway. A left-footed ball-playing centre-half, I think that's... That's that. That's like as clear as the nose on your face. That's what we actually need. I can't see that changing. Um, we will bring in another centre half. But hopefully, with Cameron Carter Vickers plus another centre half. If that's still the case, then I can't see us bringing in another one. I think they'll go with Welsh's backup. He says earlier on, Colin, that Dane Murray's not going to be fit mm-hmm. the, for the start of the season anyway. Look, I don't think Welsh has let Postacoglu down. I had that wee slip against Livingston, but Postacoglu has been very, very uh, fulsome with his praise about Stephen Welsh. Uh, I don't think it makes a difference to Christopher Julian. I, I do not expect Christopher Julian to actually kick another ball for Celtic. Um, 
and even this injury to Kerr Starfield, I don't think will actually change. I still believe that we will bring in at least one centre-half, mm-hmm. possibly two, if Cameron Carter-Vickers is, um, does actually sign. Uh, so, I no, I, I think Christopher Julian's Celtic career is gone. When you look at that then, Kev, if that was to be the case, so if Chris Julian was to depart Celtic and you line up for the first game against the, the Austrian team, I, I know disrespect to him, I just don't know who it is uh, that we line up against in the first pre-season game. Potentially, your starting lineup would be um, if Cameron Carter-Vickers hasn't signed. You're looking at Welsh and who else? Because you, you don't actually have a, a fit other centre-half in there. Near Beaton departed the club, he's going back to Israel. Chris Julian, if he does depart the club. So then you're looking at who potentially someone like Boston Lowell to make the step up from the B team. And then you, this has shown how much of the depth. So you're talking about bringing in one or two centre-backs, I think. At the minimum, it has to be Cameron Carter-Vickers and another. I mean, Alan, when you, you spoke about the depth there yourself. I think that's the key position for Celtic in this transfer window. If you can get the Cameron Carter-Vickers deal done, I would look at bringing in one, if not two others, potentially one of them being a loan deal in the same sort of essence that we had Cameron Carter-Vickers last season. Yeah, I think that makes sense to me. I mean, you... you... You know, if you look at what's behind the first team, you're looking at players that are now too old to play in the B team, right? Um, and, and and will any of them step up? And really, in terms of centre backs, there's I think there's only Urugidi. Now, you know, I don't Urugidi wasn't signed by Postacoglu, and although he's a big athletic guy, um, got a lot of, sort of power and pace about him, he's not a footballer, um, and and you know it would be a stretch to turn him into one. So I, I, I do think I don't, I don't a, know about that, Alan. There. I mean, uh, sorry to mm. interrupt you, Alan. I don't no. know about that. If you've ever managed to see his highlight mm. clips of the games that he's been playing over in Belgium, I mean, whoever's managed to do that's made him look like a footballer, and that's all impressive to the video cameraman. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, and, and, and that's fair enough. Listen, he's a young player, and if he's improved in his time in Belgium, that's credit to him. I, I guess my information. I live in Sheffield. I know a lot of Sheffield Wednesday fans uh, who've watched him a lot, uh, and and they, they 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 liked him. But then he was the sort of player they felt could make a difference for them in League One, where they are, uh, because because of, you know he had that that pace and power, which and the pace especially was something lacking in that in that league. But as a footballer, uh, just nowhere near the technical ability needed uh, at Celtic's level. And now again, as I say, if he's if he's improved in his short stint in Belgium, but last time I checked, I mean, I, I, I do follow all the loan players. I went through at the end of the season to see what their stats were and how they'd been doing, and I think he'd only played about eight games, so it didn't sound like he'd cemented a regular place in his time there. So, if if that's I don't know if that's by maybe I'm looking at the wrong data or whatever, that that's fine. But I don't see it. I just don't see it really. And then what's behind that? You're really looking at kids. Who are probably you know if they're old enough to play in the if they're only old enough to play in the Lowland League they're probably not ready for for Celtic first team football so I think it's a huge gap that we've got. I think what you've also got to realise, Colin, I'm I'm no I'm no flapping, and the reason that I'm no flapping at an injury to Carl Starfield is because we haven't got the, the qualifiers. Mm. So I, I'm no worried about Carl Starfield being injured at this precise moment in time because. 
look, we haven't got qualifiers. Our first game's on the 31st of July, and it's a yeah. league game. We're not going to make that step up and play European football until the start of September anyway. So I'm not really worried like that there's that we that we'll maybe start the first preseason game with Boston Wall and uh, Stephen Welsh at, at centre half. It's a preseason game, but we're actually just it's going to be a long, long build. It's going to be a strange preseason for all those fans because we haven't got that utter panic that we've got qualifiers coming up, and the preseason can be used just to actually see get these guys up to speed, get 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 them uh, get. Get get them up to fitness level and that, and that's what preseason is going to be used. And I'm actually looking forward to this preseason when you can actually just go, can actually relax about this, and it's all about like the thirty first of July, kicking off on the thirty first of July. And aye, it's great to have six weeks and just let the club do what the club need to need to do. Um, so aye, I hope I hope Starfield's injury isn't bad. And it's just mere precautionary. Looks worse than it actually is. But at this precise moment, I'm, I'm no worried one little bit. I'm sure the club are going to bring in signings. I'm actually virtually positive that Cameron Carter, Vickers plus one other, is going to sign at centre half. I'm, I'm, so I'm confident with that. And I think in a couple of weeks' time, that will become more and more clear. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. John Boy 67 coming back in to say he's not worried either, Kev, because he dates that big Julian, and in his opinion, he'll be great cover. So, difference of opinions there, but we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks, it would be good to get a couple of transfers over the line. We keep hearing how close um, Jota and Cameron and Carter Vickers are, but the last I heard, Ange Postacoglu is currently in Greece on holiday. So, I mean, even the big man deserves a couple of weeks off, KV. Aye, he does. I mean, hopefully he's having a great holiday in Greece and hopefully he's like having some magic Greek hospitality. I'm going to Greece in a couple of weeks, actually. So I'm looking forward to that. International language. Uh, that was a, a wee bit of a robot introduction there from Kev about his holiday to Greece, but hopefully we've got him back now. Um, you okay there, Kev? You back, guy? Was it was it the racky that was hitting already? <laughs> You're already gone. You're on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine at my end. I that I'm stuck um, in security. <laughs> oh, tell us about I've seen the cues. Um, looking at the other players that played international football, obviously we spoke about Cameron Carter Vickers. Celtic wishing him good luck ahead of um, his game the other day against Morocco. People looking at that as, to, as if to say that Celtic are still 
classing him as a Celtic player. I don't know if you can read too much into that, but he got 45 minutes in the victory against Morocco. Leal Abada scoring his first goal for Israel um, in a two-each draw against Iceland. And speaking of uh, people falling in love, it did look as though um, his ex-girlfriend or potentially current girlfriend, Kevin, was there to cheer him on. So hopefully that puts a smile back on the wee man's face. That could be. It's good to see him get, uh, getting a goal. And it was a typical Leela Bada goal, sneaking in at the back post. Uh, he times he runs really, really well. Um, it's good for him to make a step up in that. I mean, it'll be interesting. He is only 20, as we keep on, uh, we keep on mentioning. Eh? And I know... I'm, I'm one of them. I, I would like to see competition for a bad half. I think we can upgrade on that side. But that's not me talking down Leal Abada. The fact is he's only 20. Mm. I'm not talking him down. I still think we can get an upgrade on that side and allow Abada to develop a, a, a more natural pace where I think last season he was sort of fired in and going, well, it's either sink or swim. And how many young guys have we seen that have me swim? He's managed to swim, but we've got to be careful with him. Um, I mean, his stats last season, Alan, were phenomenal. Absolutely unbelievable. But whether he can continue that, I'd rather get in another more experienced right winger there and let him develop at a more natural pace. I think we saw a wee bit of a tail-off towards the end of last season, which is which is really, really understandable for the lad. Uh, but um, I am I'm, I'm so glad for him that he first... Is that was his first senior cap, eh? I think so, yeah. I think it was a goal on his debut, aye. yep. First senior cap, first goal. Um, aye, well done, the lad. What a top, top off of the season, eh? Um, and hopefully his domestic situation improves as well. The only thing that was missing from that goal, Alan, was the fact that Borna Barisic wasn't at the back post. It was actually his, sorry, it was actually his sixth cap. But yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's, come, he's come a long, he's come a long way in a short, a short time. He's the one player in the Celtic squad that I think everybody underestimates the impact that he made. And I think Kevin, you framed it in terms of the context very well, in terms of his age and the fact that he was thrown in as a starter right at the beginning of the season when it was a bit chaotic to say the least. And I think for him to produce the numbers that he did and made the impact that he did, uh, you know, speaks volumes for him. I think he's a really genuinely exciting young player, uh, and I, and I think if he has this season a little bit more um, less pressure on him, let's say, to grow, I think that would only be a good thing. Um, you know, if, if we if Jota signs on again, we've effectively got you know Jota, Maeda, Forrest, Abada that can probably you know are quite flexible in terms of the positions they can take along that front line. Yeah, Lanky67 coming in to say, basically when we, Jamesy, was our winger, we brought in Paddy Roberts in to push him, uh, to push Jamesy, and it worked. Doing the same with Abada will give him more confidence to play his game, and I think that's something that we saw last season, and that can be attributed to the fact that he is still quite young, Alan, that he is going to have these games where he drifts in and out, but that's all part of his experience, and that's all part of him learning the game, and having that option that you can say, well, if he's not having a good game after 60 minutes, you can bring someone else on. We didn't really have that last season. No, he's he's a player who probably a little bit like like Maeda as well. He needs he's not going to be on the ball a whole lot, you know. And it's a bit of a stark contrast to, to Yota. Yota is a is a ball magnet, and he's on the ball a lot. He's, he's a lot of things that he's doing, um, and and he's a, what I call a volume guy, right? He creates a lot of chances. He has a lot of shots at goal because he's on the ball a lot. 
Uh, Abada's more clinical, I would say. He doesn't get on the ball much, but when he does, uh, if you get him on the ball in the right positions, he's he's lethal. Um, and and that's that, that that's he's a different type of player in that sense. And maybe some that you think, well, he's not touched the ball for twenty minutes, but if you get the ball to him anywhere central near the goal, he's he's, he's a great finisher. Uh, and he's also, you know, his assist record was tremendous as well. And I think he improved as the season went on. What I noticed was that he was taking players on a lot more. He was using uh, raw pace to try to blast players a lot more that perhaps earlier in the season he didn't have the confidence to do that. So, listen, this is a young player that's, I think, going to really, really improve and be a big a big player for, hopefully, for Celtic. My only concern with him, really, is that, you know, he's lost his kind of mentor and Beton was kind of, you know, looking after him and kind of mentoring him, I suppose, and helping him adjust. He's had a year in Scotland now, so hopefully he's, he's settled. Yeah, let, let's hope that we can see the best out of Leila Bada next season. Um, leading the line for Greece last night was Georgios Giacomakis. He didn't score, but Greece won 1-0 over uh, Northern Ireland. Again, he is going to be that kind of player, Giacomakis. He's either going to come on and score a hat-trick or he's just going to lead the line and bring everybody else into play, Kev. But he's just such a, a fantastic asset to have as part of this squad. Yes, and, and I've been on this podcast many occasions and it did really surprise me. I mean, I remember the first time that I saw him in the flesh was that game against Livingston that, that he ended mm. up missing the penalty. And long before he missed the penalty, I was going, who signed this guy? This boy is at bio level. I mean, I did call him a big coup actually at half time <laughs> and the guys from my supporters club keep on reminding me. He says, no, remember you called him a big coup? I went, aye, I did. And I'm, I'll die on that hill. That I did call him a big coup, uh, and he's proved me wrong, and I'm absolutely fan- I'm absolutely glad that he's proved me wrong. He's he's the type of guy, like Alan says, he might not do much, but he'll pop up. I mean, the, the I think Celtic Twitter this week gave you all his goals in a minute, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like all, all the goals that he had scored this season. And I forgot how good his goal against Hearts was, the mm-hmm. James Forrest Cup, but. And the first time, the first time shot, he's got a natural instinct to a finisher. Um, I think he's going to. I think he's going to miss quite a few. I think we're going to need to put. I mean, you actually see that he does. He does take quite a few chances. Uh, but the big fella's fine now. He's getting the recognition for Greece, uh, for Greece that he never had before. I mean, what you've got to look at it now. Uh, is, he seems to be a, he seems to have been a late a late developer, but that's two seasons in a row he's been the top goal scorer in his league. He's a guy that's got momentum behind him now, and hopefully that momentum continues and he goes to the next level, which is we need him to do it in Europe. As Alan says, the stats tell the story, and that's the the case. He top goal scorer in the Dutch league, top goal scorer in the Scottish league, um, and I'm sure given time at the international level, he'll bang in the goals as well. Um, two others that were involved yesterday, um, we'll start with Dyson Maeda, we just spoke about him earlier, he played for 60 odd minutes against, um, for Japan, sorry, against, I'm trying to remember who they were playing, uh, Paraguay in a 4-1, yeah, 4-1 victory, he played 45 minutes, Kyogo was an unused substitute, it's a bit of a, a stressful time, Kev, when you look at the guys that are travelling all around the world at the minute and they're they're sitting on the bench or they're not getting involved. They're just thinking, just let these guys have a, a season. I mean, especially the Japanese boys who have played a full season, came to Celtic, played another full season, 
and then they're into the summer and they've got to go and play international football as well. I know, it's strange, and this, this is this, this comes down to the fact that we play too much football. There's too many games uh, that these guys didn't get a Yeah, Alan, we're just kind of losing Kev here, but as I was saying, it's a lot of football for these guys to be playing. We'll get Kev to, to come out and come back in, but it's a, a lot of football, especially even guys like Callum McGregor for Scotland the other day. A lot of minutes in the, the legs, and you're just hoping that with the fact that we don't have the qualifiers this summer, we could just get these guys to take some time off, but international football just keeps getting in the way. It does, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, again, I kind of not realised the... Uh... The, quite the volume of international games there are over this break with all these Nations League uh, matches as well. Um, for, for me, it's absolutely crucial that the the guys, uh, especially the ones that came over from Japan who had you know a full season um, and have pretty much been playing continuously, that they get a proper rest, proper recovery, and they get a proper pre-season behind them. It's absolutely crucial. Otherwise, we're just going to see more and more injuries. So I think there's there's a couple of things that need to happen. One is is that you know that that rest and, and everyone kind of coming along in the squad at the same level, rather than having people at different levels of fitness and different levels of fatigue. Yep. Um, you know, and, and that, that, I think that's going to be absolutely cru- you know, crucial going uh, going forward. And the second thing is we've talked about you know we start where we started on this podcast, which is around the, the whole sort of depth of the squad. We can't be relying on you know 19 players to play 60 65 games in a season. We're going to need 25 first-team players to share the load amongst, uh, because a lot of these guys just had you know minute after minute after minute and never never got a rest. And you could see the relief uh, from Postecoglou at the end of the season when the league title was over the line. It was just sheer mm-hmm. relief because I, I I think he was probably thinking I don't know how long this is, this can continue. You know, playing the same guys over and over and over and over again, and, and players like McGregor. Maeda, Kyogo, they need a proper rest and they need a proper preseason. Yeah, absolutely. And then even guys like um, Callum McGregor, I mean, that must have been his 3,000th game in the last 12 months that he's played. Yeah. You've had a full season at the Euros, he's had another full season. He's only picked up that um, injury where he missed as little games as possible to come back. He's still wearing the mask. You just look at it and you think there has to be a way that these players can be better looked after with international football. I mean, Scotland, potentially, if they'd beaten uh, um, Ukraine the other day, would have been playing four games in the space of two weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's that it just doesn't seem tenable. And then you look at it and you're saying they're now going to introduce the Copa America teams into uh, the Nations League going forward from in a couple of years' time. We saw the, was it the finalissima? Or I couldn't pronounce it properly, between Italy and Argentina the other day, and that's the warm-up for it. I think there's a way, we've got to find a way to cut back international football. I thought that was what the Nations League was introduced for, but it just feels like we're playing more and more games now. Yeah, I mean, I think the notion of it was that you essentially um, replaced friendlies with with the Nations League, so every game then became meaningful, which I kind of get at one level, but actually what that does is it just increases the intensity of those games and probably increases the pressure on the on the managers and the coaches to... Um, to play the best players, you know, not you know, to not to experiment as much because they don't have now those friendlies to do that. Um, because now these Nations League performances are going to get used for you know seeding purposes and for 
um, you know, where you, where you end up in World Cup groups and all that sort of thing. So it becomes really important then at that stage. And then, you know, if you do well in the Nations League, suddenly you're you get second chances when it comes to qualification for major tournaments. So these 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 games take on what what previously could have been a little forty five minute run out, and let's try a lot of fringe players now become if, you know it's another another must win game. So mm-hmm. all that's to the to the to the workload in that sense. So so you know I mean the, the international football calendar they were supposed to be trying to you know unify it across the globe but of course there's still there's still differences and still different you know number of countries obviously in each confederation therefore a different number of matches and so on and so forth so it's never going to be perfect in that sense but um for celtic all you can do is work with what you've got and and, and as i say that that care uh, and that rest and that recovery and that proper you know, fitness for, for pre-season. That we've just got to do the best we can with that, but not take any chances like we did last season. Because uh, if you start taking chances, then you start losing players for long periods. Yeah, and we're going to go and take a look at the squad depth in a second and mm-hmm. do our own tier list. We're just waiting on Kev to rejoin us if he can. Um, he's just joining us in a second. But some news coming out of the camp that uh, players like Cairn McEnroy, who have departed the club after being there for a long period of time, uh, the midfielder who really wasn't given a chance. I think he's been out and had plenty of loan spells. Um, it just shows you that we are starting to to clear out about the squad. Kevin Graham, you're back. How are you? I don't know what's happening there. I think I'm maybe internet gremlins, but obviously I'm no no in my usual spot, eh? Because there's kids bailing about the house in the stairs. So I'm trying <laughs> to get some peace and quiet today. This so. Aye, maybe because they're all watching Netflix and stuff like that down the stairs as well might be the problem, but hey, <laughs> hopefully I'm better now than another room. Uh, Paddy Laverty coming in here, Alan, saying, don't want to frighten you, but a big dark shadow keeps appearing behind you. I think oh, you've got some company in the room, don't you? <laughs> well, that was daughter getting her lunch, so yes. <laughs> and uh, Kev, uh, somebody says that your internet was better in the kitchen, so. Definitely, uh, we'll, that is we'll definitely better in the kitchen. Uh, so what we're going to do now um, is we are going to do a tier list of the players that played for Celtic last year. We're going to break it down into five categories um, and we're going to start with the players who, first of all, played enough games to um, qualify for a league title medal. And then we'll take a look at some of the fringe players as well. And if we were Ange Postacoglu, this is what we would do. So I'm just going to bring it up now. Um, let's hope this works. We can all wow. see it, yeah. Incredible. So we have five tiers here. We have key player, first team squad, squad rotation option, offer for loan and transfer listed. So we've done it in the transfer, uh, in the football manager style. Um, and we do want you guys in the comment section to join in as well and tell us where we've got it right and where we've got it wrong. So the first player we're going to start with, guys, is Joe Hart. Now, for me, Joe Hart, this season been a fantastic player, been a fantastic signing, value for money, and I would put him straight in for next season as a key player. Who's going to argue with me? I wouldn't argue, but I do think we need to be planning, uh, you know, succession planning, let's call it, right? So that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see us looking to bring in a younger, more agile, faster uh, goalkeeper, good with their feet, good at, good at, um, you know, good at taking crosses, good at um, being able to you know get the ball forward uh, quickly. So, yeah, absolutely don't disagree with that. But my only caveat is we should be planning for for the next step. Kev, 
I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I agree with what Alan says. Unless there is a better option with the ball at his feet appears on a radar, then no, Joe Hart's a, a, a key a key player for us. I don't think the money that we spent for Joe Hart, and we've, I think we've got more glaring areas in the team where we need improvement rather than goalkeeper. I think the goalkeeper will maybe get looked at over the next few seasons, but no, no, that's no, that's summer. So, Kev, I'm going to get you to run the comment sections. I can't actually see it while I'm doing Night this problem. tier list. Um, but our next player up is Greg Taylor. Um, now, Greg Taylor, obviously someone who came in for a bit of criticism at the start of the season. Probably, if you'd asked at the start of the season, a lot of people would have him in as a squad rotation option. But I think going forward for next season, I would definitely have him in the first-team squad. I think he's someone that we may look to strengthen in that position. But certainly his performances this season have shown his development and um, if he isn't first choice, he should be in and around there. Uh, Kev, what do you think? Um, I first-team squad. Um, I think we've all signed a left-back. I think Greg Taylor's been fantastic for us, especially towards the tail end of the year. Um, but there is an argument, there is a bit of a tail-off when you look at Juranovic on the other side. Eh? Um I think Taylor's done well. There's still a question mark over Europe about Greg Taylor because just because he's been involved in the game against like Ferris Varos and Copenhagen and stuff like that. Eh? So it's a lot of people still need a lot of convincing about Greg Taylor. But I first team squad definitely. Cracking domestic option. Absolutely fantastic domestic option for me. Alan, where would you have him? Yep. So I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't frame what I have to say about Taylor as criticism because I think he's got an absolutely fantastic attitude. He's got a, a great um, willingness to want to learn. I think he has improved. I think he has adapted. My my issue with Taylor has been uh, he, that his limitations are just insurmountable in terms of his his athleticism, his speed, his recovery pace. Uh, you know, as a Celtic fullback, you're you're attacking a lot. He doesn't recover quick enough uh, back into position. He doesn't have enough uh, raw athleticism, uh, I think, to compete at the higher highest level. Um, and I just don't see those issues being resolved, right? So I just I just think that's insurmountable. Um, that's not to say I'd, I've got a massive admiration for him in terms of how he's. I think he has learned, he has adapted, and, and he's got an absolutely fantastic attitude. And and, and he's, he's contributed you know hugely to Celtic last season. So. First team squad, I'd be happy with that, but I would be I would be as a priority looking for a, a first choice left back. If we'd done this tier list twelve months ago, Alan, do you think you would be further down? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than five G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Yeah, possibly. Possibly squad rotation, maybe. Yeah. yeah. That does show you what 12 months can do for a player's mm-hmm. career, especially someone still quite as young as Greg as well. Um, 
Next up, we have the injured Carol Starfelt. Um, for me, again, I think he would be in the first team squad. Um, I think he's shown this season his performances have been um, of the highest level at times. He's learned from his mistakes, but I do think it is an area where we could strengthen even further going forward. Uh, Alan, I'll let you have a first bite at this one. First team squads, where would you yep, put So them? I've written extensively about Starfield, and again, it's, it's quite similar to Taylor in that I, I, I admire the fact that he's come in, he was thrown into the team, he made a lot of mistakes, it looked like it was going to be a disaster, frankly. And in fact, uh, on, on, on a huddle breakdown, James and I had pretty much given up on him by, by Christmas. Actually, pretty much were willing to call it that he just was, this was never going to work. I think he's improved since then, and I think huge credit to him for that. He's improved in the sense of he's cut out mistakes. The way I would characterise that is that I think he's comfortable with the system, he's comfortable with the partner, and, and almost some of the ways that Postacoglu's had the team playing is is kind of um, you know mitigated some of the uh, issues, which again, he's not at all centre-back. He, he, he gambles. He gambles on trying to win balls he can't win. He, he gets drawn under the ball too easily. He's a little bit rash. And he loses a lot of aerial aerial balls. So that's I don't, again. I don't think these things are going to fundamentally change about him. Uh, I think he's he's again great attitude. He has improved. You've got to give him huge credit for that. But I, I would have him as I, I, for me, it would be Carter Vickers plus one with Starfelt as a as a backup. Kev, okay, we just saw the comment coming in there saying Starfelt would be a key player for Lanky sixty seven. Would you agree with him? Uh, if we sign Cameron Carter-Vickers and a left-footed ball player set a half, Starfelt for me is squad rotation option. Mm. Nah, and he is the one that's dropping down there. Uh, if we sign Cameron Carter-Vickers and another centre half. So when we look at it, obviously a first-team squad player for me would be someone that's in the, the 19 every week. And I think for me, Starfelt would be in the 19 every week. Although we're looking at depending on who the other player is that you bring in to, to play alongside them. So I can see where you're coming from there. But I, I think if you ask the question back in December, like Alan was saying, a lot of people would have him in squad rotation or even transfer listed because he didn't have a great start to the season. But he's definitely developed and to the point where I think first team squad probably justifies where he is right now. So. The fact that me and Alan's went first team squad, we're going to overrule it's you, Kev. It's, it's no, two that's, one. That's, that's it's a simple fine. majority. It's first past the post here. Um, but we, we'll probably have some better arguments down the line for some players. Um, we, should ask, we should ask the Queen what she thinks. Ah, oh, come on, Alan. We've went. <laughs> oh. We're going to get booted out anymore of this. <laughs> now, I'm bringing this one in. It's Cameron Carter Vickers. We haven't signed him yet, but if we were able to get him back for next season, He's absolutely a key player for me. Oh, without doubt. I, I, I think me and uh, uh, JP spoke about this last Thursday. I mean, imagine we hadn't got Cameron Carter-Vickers, how, how this season might have looked. He is a massive key player for us. The fact that we got the deal done with an hour to go in the transfer window as well, you just think, what could have been? I, I know. He's uh, a comp- key player. Um, is one that we really want. It's one that we really want to actually get over the line and get him. I, I, I liked his comments during the week. I did like his comments during the week. If he signs again, he's a key player for us. I mean, he reads the game so so well, and I phenomenal. 
Yeah. Keep playing. Aaron, no arguments, no. is there? No, none. Keep no, playing. We're, we're, we're good with that one. This one might cause a couple of arguments. Anthony Ralston. Now, for me, at the start of last season, he'd have been down here and probably away down there. Um, he's done very well over the last 12 months. And I'm sort of in between here. I'm between squad rotation and first team squad. And I think, giving him the benefit of the doubt, I'll put him in first team squad. But I could make an argument for him to be a squad rotation option, Kev. Um, I mean, if you're talking about a 19, if you're talking about a 19 first, day, first team squad, then he is in the first team squad. And this is not meant to sound bad, but that's by default because he's only, he, he is, you've got Juranovic and Anthony Ralston. And he also probably does deserve to be in the first-team squad after the season that he's had this season. Mm-hmm. He, he, he does probably deserve the opportunity to go again. Even though in the last couple of games you did see it when Juranovic got injured and Ralston was there, every team targeted Ralston. Every yeah. team went down that side. So obviously that's, a, obviously that's a tactic when Juranovic is not there. But Anthony Ralston in certain games, especially domestically, will give us everything. And he deserves to be in that first-team squad for at least another season. Yeah, Alan, it's not a position I think Andrew's going to go out and try and strengthen this summer. So by default, as Kev says... Anthony Ralston and by his performances as well finds himself in the first team squad. Yeah, I mean, hugely admirable effort. I mean, what what an improvement, what a development he's had over the season. I mean, it's just incredible actually. And if he can continue to develop at that stage, you might be looking at quite a special player. But again, the only thing that kind of lets him down a little bit is just that lack of pace again, uh, which we, we mentioned uh, mentioned with Taylor. Which again is it's just it's, it's not insurmountable. But it becomes a problem as you scale up to better standard of opposition. So um, he's absolutely earned the right to be in that squad. I think um, this next player could cause some divisions. Um, Stephen Welsh, I'd put him out for loan this season. I, I, I think there's, I think there's a player there. I think he just needs more first team football. And to be perfectly honest, I would have did it at the start of last season. I'd have put him out for loan, Kev. I don't think he's going to get the game time next season to have him as a squad rotation option. And if he's going to develop his career, I think he has to go out and loan. I'm going to put him as a squad rotation option, but I think he's too old to go out and loan. I think he is too old to go out and loan. He will be, if the squad's built the way that I want the squad to get built, um, like Cameron Carter-Vicker, left-footed centre-half, Starfelt and Stephen Welsh. Welsh will get game time because of the number of games that we're actually going to play in a short period of time this season. Um, but I understand where you're looking at, that he might not get the game time he needs for the development, he might not get the game time that he needs for himself. And if that has gone through his head, then you might actually find he might want to move on. But at the moment, I would put him in squad rotation. What about yourself, Alan? You've got the cast and vote here. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's a key season for Welsh. You know, he, he did very well, actually, when he came in. Um, the thing that stood out for me about him was his passing ability out from the back. My concerns about him were this, similar to Starfelt. He's not as rash as Starfelt, but he's not aerially dominant. Uh, he's not particularly tall centre-back again. So I think I think we've got too much of a muchness there. Um, having said that, you know, he's not, he's not done anything wrong, per se. But I think... Um, 
I suspect he'll be a squad rotation option, is what I'm thinking. Um, but um, I, I, I do wonder this could, you know, if he doesn't break out this season, what what the future holds. So we move Stephen Welsh up. I have been argued against. So we move on to our number eighty-eight, Joseph Djuranovic. For me, key player every day of the week. What a fantastic addition at right back. He can take penalties. He can lead the line. For me, he could potentially be a future captain of this club. Kev? You're talking to me first. Um, yeah. I think there's something... <laughs> I mean, I love Juranovic, but I don't know if I love him as a player or love him as a person yet. I think there's a, I think there's a wee bit of a blurred line here that he's such a great character. He can tell that he's fantastic in the dressing room. He's brilliant when he moves into that midfield position. He's absolutely fantastic. But I haven't really seen too much too much of him defending right enough. Aye, the reason that he probably goes into the key player uh, category for me is because he made such an impact last season. A bit like Cameron Carter-Vickers, he made a, he made an impact when he came in. And as you say, he, he's just he, he's a fantastic bubbly wee character and he takes that onto the pitch. And he's got a bit of bamminess about him as well, as you've seen a couple of times against Rangers as well. Eh? And I do like that. I key player, key player on the pitch, also a key player in the dressing room, judging by his Instagram lives. <laughs> Alan, he's that kind of personality that came to the club and understood what it meant from the word go. I mean, obviously he had the holy goalie speaking in his ear before he came over, but he is someone who just captures what it is to play for Celtic and that passion comes through when you're watching him on the park. Um, and to be honest, his performances this season, I can't really think of a bad one off the top of my head. So, uh, what is interesting about Juranovic and Ralston is I think we get um, almost our, our sort of uh, cognitive biases get, 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 you know, we think of Ralston as being this kid that we think, oh, he looks he looks like a brickie and he was, he was been at Celtic for ages and he's never going to make it. And we think of Juranovic, you know, Played at a World Cup with with Croatia, glamorous personality and what have you. If you actually look at the data, performance data, you would be astonished at how similar, how close they are in terms of their underlying performances, to, to such an extent that I'm I'm going to be I'm going to go against the grain here and I'm going to say that Juranovic goes in the first team squad with Rolson and the two of them fight it out because I I don't think there's as much between them as people as people think. Uh, and I, know, I need to write about this probably a little bit more explicitly, but you'd be, you'd, you'd be amazed. Some things Rolson's better than Juranovic. I think Juranovic's recovery pace uh, is probably a lot better, which is, you know, speaks directly to Rolston's weakness. But otherwise, if you, and if you look at passing, you know, in terms of, you know, breaking lines, passing out from the back, if you look at getting into the box and creating chances, Rolston's well ahead of uh, Juranovic, actually. So I think the different players, they've got different strengths and weaknesses, um, but it isn't it isn't a, it isn't clear cut to me that one is that much better than the other. So for me, let them fight it out, death match. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying, Alan. I don't know if I've maybe been blinded by the personality over performance. I don't know if there's a bit of myth mm. about Juranovic because mm. of his personality. So it's quite interesting to actually hear you hear you actually say that. I'd be interested, really interested to see the article when it when it does come out, Alan. So you'll have to let us know. So, Kev. Mm. Uh, you'll you get your last chance. Are you going to change your mind? Is he a key player? Is he a first team squad? Where are you going no, to put he's, him? he's my man in the match every week. He's a key player. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 not, he's not going anywhere. Sorry, Alan. Yeah, um, he's, my, he's, he's my Matt O'Reilly. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> yeah, he's my Matt O'Reilly. Yeah. Next up, we have number 14, David Turnbull. Um, I think 
I'm going to put him in here just now in the squad rotation option. And the reason I'm going to put him in there is I think he's a fantastic player. I think he's got a lot to offer the team. But when you look at that midfield next season, um, I think obviously we just spoke about uh, Alan, obviously your man of the match all the time, Matt O'Reilly. We've seen the performances of Rio Hatati and Callum McGregor. Um, there's other players that could potentially be in there as well. And I just don't know if he's going to get that amount of game time. And I think it's still a position that we may strengthen um, in the summer. So for me, he's between the first team squad and squad rotation. If you could get David Turnbull, who was in probably the first half of this season, I would have him in here. I've just got concerns over his injuries going forward that we could see him more as a squad rotation option next season. Alan, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's probably a little a little harsh. Uh, I, I think he's a fantastically talented player, very creative. Again, a theme that you're starting to repeat myself a little bit through as we go through the squad. I think where the deficit is in the squad is I keep talking about athleticism. What do I mean by that? I mean, um, you know, uh, if you look at let, let's look at let's look at an extreme example. If you look at a team like um, like Liverpool, right? Clearly one of the best teams in Europe. And their midfield, whatever whatever configuration they put out in midfield, you've got players that can go box to box. They've got great engines, uh, very, but also physically strong as well as technically very good. And I know these are really expensive players, but if you look at if you look at teams that Celtic can emulate, if you look at like a, a Leipzig or an Atalanta or a or a Salzburg, even that's the kind of profile of young players that they they shop for. They've got. They've got a, a, an innate athleticism about them, a pace, a power, as well as the technical ability. And then, you know, how do they develop sort of thing? And and, and again, I come back to Turnbull. It's probably where he's lacking slightly. He's probably more of a number 10 trying to play a number eight role in that sense. But I think he did a decent fist of it before he got injured. And I do think, you know, his, his ability on the ball, I think, is, is, is terrific in terms of his ability to play, you know, passes through the lines, his, his creative powers and his, his shooting as well. And he's also, you know, probably elite actually level in terms of set-piece delivery. So I would probably have him in the first-team squad, to be honest. Um, he's still a young player. He's still got uh, a bit of development in him. But I, I do think the, the midfield in general just needs that more more power and pace uh, injected into it. Kev, cast and vote. I mean, for me, I, I would have him in either of the two. Um, and I could argue for both of them. Um, for me, David Turnbull is a first-team squad player. Uh, reason being, I can't see us signing another playmaker to replace Tom Rogic with uh, Matt O'Reilly being there. I see Turnbull and O'Reilly battling for that number 10 spot. Um, if Turnbull could add a wee bit of pace, then we've got a hellier player. Um, but it'll be decent to see what 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 Ange can do with him during the summer. So I think I think he's in the first team squad, mate. I really yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue against that. I just don't know if we look for someone in the transfer window where he'll finish um, finish up in options. So it's not a, a dig at David Turnbull. I'm a big David Turnbull fan. I just didn't know where he would end up. Um, James McCarthy. Let's make this one quick. <laughs> Argue against me. Squad, rota- squad rotation based on the size of his contract, he'll still be there. Alan? That's my argument. 
I, I know. Listen, he's got a very specific skill set. I don't think it's the skill set that Celtic uh, set set up to make the best out of. I, I don't see him fitting into the way Celtic play. So, for me, for all parties con- concerned, it'd be better probably to move him on. So, would you have him on loan, or would you transfer list him? Well, does he, does he have something to offer to Celtic in the future? I don't think so. For me, sorry, Kev. That's fine. As I say, I still believe that he'll be in squad rotation because of the size of his contract. I wouldn't that's, be surprised uh, either. That's, uh... No, I think you're right. In terms of are we are we saying what will happen versus what we what we'd like to happen? I think you're right, Kevin. But I, 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 that that would be my preference. Um, do I need to say any more? Number seventeen, Jota is in as a key player. Kev, I no argument. No, Alan. no argument. No, I think he's a he's a he's a he's a special young player. Um, it, for someone so young, with his skill set and the position he plays, to be so influential in games and to be so fearless is quite rare. I think he's a rare talent. Um, yeah, number nineteen, Mikey Johnson. He's someone who has divided the opinion of a Celtic fan base over the last couple of years. He's someone who's also suffered with a number of injuries. I still think there's a player in there, and for me, I would have him on loan next season. Alan, what would you do with? So uh, I think Mason that's Johnson? yeah. It's, listen, I, I try to I try to be an evidence based guy, right? I'll go with what I see. My my evidence says to me I don't know that he's got the body and and the, you know to play professional football at the level Celtic play. That's my honest opinion. I don't, I don't, I don't you know that he just breaks down continually. Um, I'd lo- I think he's, he has got some talent. Um, his underlying numbers when he does play are very good. I think loan would be uh, generous. Otherwise, I think you cut your losses. Kev? Transfer listed. Unfortunately, I agree with Alan. His time's passed. His time's just gone. And it's just been a, a, a series of unfortunate incidences for the lad. And... Aye, he'll move on and he will have a decent career elsewhere. But unfortunately, it's just not going to be the Celtic. We are approaching the hour mark. If you boys are all right to stay on for another 10 minutes, we'll go through the rest of the squad. Um, mm-hmm. So starting with Alan's favourite, number 33, Matt O'Reilly. I'll put him here uh, as a key player um, because I know that's exactly what Alan would do. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree. I think he's a very, very exquisite footballer who is only getting better as he develops. I think Fulham's loss is our gain uh, and the fact that they could have kept on to him and probably made quite a bit of money off him. But the fact that he's shown he just wants to play football week in, week out, his attitude, for me, is a fantastic plus. And I think he's going to be someone who is going to get bums off seats next season with his play. Kev? By default, he's got to be a key player because Tom Rogic has left and he's the most natural replacement. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he makes a step up to European football, something that he's never actually experienced with, uh, before. I think he could add a bit more a bit of um, mobility. I don't think he's the quickest in the world, but he was Tom. But he's a key player by default because Tom Rogic is not there. Alan, anything to add to that on the stats side? Just, actually, I was I was actually thinking I would have him as a first team squad player, and the reason for that is because just you know he's a young player, and I, I don't know that I would put that pressure on him. Um, I still think there's a lot of development in him. I think he's up 
absolutely fantastic. I'd like to see him play as many minutes as possible, but also wouldn't want him to, you know, to have it all on his shoulders. Having said that, he does look like a player uh, and a person who the more responsibility you give him, the more he seems to step up. So, you know, yeah, I think he will be a key player for Celtic. I just wouldn't, as I say, I just wouldn't want to put that pressure on him at this stage, which is why I was thinking of having him as a first-team squad player. Kev, any change? No, we should be keeping him No, as a no, as, as I say, I do think he's a, a key player by default at this precise moment in time. Okay, so we keep him in as a key player. Next up, number 41, Rio Hatate. Um, For me, I'd have him in as a first-team squad player. I think he is kind of similar to what Alan just said there about Matt O'Reilly. I think he's still got a lot of development to do. What we've seen uh, at times with him is he could be absolutely quality. Um, and then we've also seen how he can be when he's maybe lacking a bit of fitness. And I just wonder, whilst that development's still coming in as part of the game, as part of adapting to playing here in Scotland, um, I'd definitely have him in the first-team squad. But I think you'll maybe see a bit less of him than what we did in the second half of last season, Kev. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details it's the marketer's report this week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. First team squad, definitely. I, I, I'm sure we're going to see a, a lot of rotation uh, in the team next season. Um, so much so that us trying to do a pre-match, let's guess your team is, is going to be a laugh at sometimes what Poster Coglu what Poster Coglu's going to do. I definitely first team squad, I think he's got a lot to offer. If he manages to regain the eye form, like the goals and the and the dynamic performances his first couple of games, then he could end up he could end up being a key player for us. Eh? But at the moment, first team squad. Alan, definitely someone who's got a lot of development ahead of him. Mm. Early signs are good. Where would you have him in the, this list? Yeah, no, I'd agree with that in terms of first-team squad. I think you know people look at him and think, well, he's 24. But again, you, you need to come back to Japanese players that go through the university system. They, they, hit, they hit professional football later than they would in many other countries. The kid's got, you know, he's got less than 100 professional matches under his belt. He's, he's, he's only really had two full seasons of professional football. And one of those was never ending because he went straight from uh, Kawasaki to, to Celtic and uh, 
and then you could see that physically he was he was struggling towards the end of the season. So I think we need to look after him. I think we need to nurture him. I think there's a really good player in there, but uh, but it, I wouldn't want him again to be relied upon every you know week in week out. He stays in there as a first team squad player. Next up we have Captain Cal. He is, but I, all I would say is he's now going to be you know 29, right? The number of minutes that he's racking up three more games for Scotland potentially before we even start pre-season training. I think we I think we need to, again, like Hart, what I want to see is some succession planning and perhaps some of the burden being taken off of him as well. But absolutely a key player. Kevin, key player every day of the week. Key player every day of the week, but I agree with Alan. We've got to have some form of rotation in there for him. Speaking of rotation, number 49, James Forrest. I think next season he's a squad rotation option. And I think we've seen quite a bit of that already this season. I think it's a position that we'll probably try and strengthen in the summer. Obviously, he signed his new deal. But performances this season, I think that's where I would place him. Uh, Kev, he kind of drifted in and out of the first-team squad last year, but I think his performances have certainly went downhill, haven't they? Unless he has a really exceptional pre-season uh, under his belt, then yeah, he's got to be in the squad rotation. And if you if you're having a look at the evidence that we've got just now under Poster Coglu and his performances towards the end of the season there, then you've got to say that he'll be a squad rotation player for new at the end of his contract. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, Alan. We were speaking earlier about not having that option in the squad. Having someone like James Forrest who's got the experience of being there before, it's good to have. No, absolutely. I mean, to me, I don't. I don't think there's any. Uh, you know, I, I think it's perfectly possible to to have in your head two thoughts at the same time. One of which is James Forrest has been absolutely fantastic for Celtic, and one of the, uh, you know, I, I think he will go down as one of the the most you know um, decorated uh, players at the club, and one will be, will be talked about for years and decades to come. Also, at the same time, recognizing he's got nearly five hundred games under his belt. He's a winger that relies on raw pace. He's 30 mm-hmm. years old and time waits for no person. And a natural age-based regression, to use the horrible phrase, uh, you know, it catches up with everybody at some point. So, you know, I think squad rotation is, is where, where he's at in his career if he's playing at Celtic's level. Uh, but still got he's still got some significant minutes to contribute to the season. Next up, we have Double G, Georges Giacomakis. For me, I'm going to place him in key player. I think maybe there'll be a couple arguments against that, but I think when you look at his development this year, I think how well he's led the line for Celtic, how important his goals have been. Basically 19 touches for 17 goals. Kevin, I I just think it's having someone like that, whether he's playing week in or week out, he's still a key player because he is that different option up front. He is that different option, but push comes to shove, Kyogo's your first-choice striker. So for mm-hmm. me, he's in the first-team squad. And I know what you're saying. He's a different option in that, but the key player in the front three is Kyogo. Uh, Centre-forward option anyway, so I would, I would put him first-team squad. What about yourself, Alan? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, he's won me over. I mean, when we when I first saw him, I thought, you know, visions of Amido Baldi, kind of, <laughs> you know, in terms of his touch and his you know, the way that he, he tried to kind of... Uh, link up the play, but actually he's a really smart piece of recruitment because the way that he operates under Postacoglu's style of play, he's there to be in the box between the sticks and is 
instincts, his movement over five yards, his finishing ability is just phenomenal. Um, when used properly, uh, he, he's a tremendous ac- asset. But I think he's a he's a he's a difference maker, and therefore he's not someone that you throw in against starting against Bayern Munich. You have him as an option to come off the bench. So he goes into the first team squad. I'm sorry, Georges. I tried to get you up there. <laughs> um, number eight, Kyogo Furuhashi. Has to be says key player. He's a, a quality player. I've not seen someone of his quality at Celtic care for a number of years. Um, and if it wasn't for his injury, you just wonder how many goals he would have got this year. I know you do, eh? And it's when you actually think back, I mean, we were without him for four months. Mm. You were without your best player and Ange, the, the guy who epitomises Ange Postacoglu's style for four months. Um, Aye, he's a key player next season. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what he can do next season. Alan, I don't think anybody would argue Kyogo is your, your star man. He's a key player. Yeah, absolutely. So, so can I just respond to, because um, this is one of the great features of online, is that you know, I appear on quite a few uh, podcasts and uh, I have a blog and what have you, and I say a lot of things. And... Um, you know, people tend to fixate on one thing you said and then remember, and it follows you around for the rest of your life. So I did say that at the time. But as I say, I'm an evidence-based person. That was the evidence of my eyes at the time. I'm happy to change my opinion on that because the evidence has changed my opinion. Uh, I think he's fantastic, uh, Jacobacus. He's won me over completely. And I, I absolutely can see that why he's been bought because his strengths completely fit the system of play. So happy to, uh, happy to uh, change my mind on that one. No problem at all. Uh, we all get proven wrong with certain things. A, a certain Mr. Anthony Ralston definitely proved me wrong this year. Kevin, with you, you've had a, a couple well, as well. I've, I've, I mean, I know, I know nothing about football. I admit that, eh? <laughs> so, I, I mean, I just wing this. <laughs> we only have a couple of players left that got a medal this year. First one being number 11, Leela Bada. I think for me, he's a first-team squad player with the ability to become a key player as he develops. Alan, you spoke about his development. He's still quite young, only 20. Um, I think at the minute he's a first-team squad player, but over the years he could become key to Celtic. Yeah, I think I'd have him in there with uh, you know, with probably O'Reilly and, and, and to an extent Hatati as being young players that you, you, you see are going to get a lot of minutes, but I, I wouldn't put, give them the pressure of being the, the, the ones that you have to hang your hat on time and time and time again, which is what a key player really is. So, yeah, I'm happy with him there. Kev, any arguments? No arguments. I think we discussed Abada earlier on. Eh? I think he needs uh, more time to develop naturally and uh, that he'll get that in the first team squad. Uh, one player left that got a medal and that is Dyson Mieda. Um, again, I think he's a first team squad player. He's a very different option. Um, he's someone that we've not really had at the, the, the team for, well, I don't even think I can remember someone similar to him playing for Celtic. Um, the way that he chases everything down, the way that he leads the high press, Alan, it, it just totally suits Ange Postecoglou's football to a tee. He does. I mean, he's he's he is what you see. Um, there's no frills. There's there's things that you you cannot expect him to do. He's not going to um, create like Jota does. He's not going to try and beat a player with skill. He's not going to um, be he- that that heavily involved in intricate build-up play. He's really about pulling defenders out of position. Uh, he's got great finishing ability um, and he's got obviously got this incredible uh, work rate and pressing ability. So he's a player, again, with a very who's been brought in because he's got a very specific skill set that matches perfectly the style of play. So that, that great, great recruitment. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be 
your you know your sort of number one go to guy in that sense, but absolutely uh, is going to be integral to the to the squad. Kev, well, he is a key player because he sums up Ange Postecoglou's style of football. But then I think there's some uh, elements in his game where there could be room for improvement, and whether he can actually improve that is up for debate which leads me to say that I don't think he is a key player. Uh, he is a first-team squad player. Um, aye, he's squad. But I do understand, I see the folk in the comments going like that, about, aye, but he's a key player in Ange Postecoglou's system. There's just something, I think, lacking technically for me that would make him a key player. So when you take a look at that, we've got seven key players up there. We've got Joe Hart, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Joseph Vjeranovic, uh, Jota, Matt O'Reilly, Callum McGregor and Kyogo. It does suggest that there is space there to bring in four key players to make your first 11 uh, as you always want to develop and make your squad even better. And then you look at the bench there potentially and you're sitting there with eight players plus another goalkeeper um, and you're thinking that's a fantastic bench if that's who you, you had to turn to as well. Um, and obviously we, t- we talk about squad depth. Now there is a list of players here and I'm just going to quickly get one. I just want a quick answer off you all so that we can close this out um, for where you would put these players into your squad or maybe not in the squad for next season. Starting with number two, Chris Julian, Kev. Transfer. Alan. Yeah, I think he's gone. You know, again, follow the evidence. He didn't play him. Exactly. Number five, Liam Scales, Kev. Loan. Loan, Alan. Generous, but for it, for for the for, for the sake of Ender, I'll say loan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have maybe had him still in the squad, but hey ho. Um, number twelve is Malasoro, Kevin. Transfer. Transfer, Alan. Yeah, again, gone. We're, we're getting rid of the deadwood here very quickly. Uh, Twenty-one, Yusuke Idiguchi. For me, I think it'll be a squad rotation option that could potentially become a first-team player next season, Kevin. Key. <laughs> wow <laughs> I mean we could stay here till 2 o'clock and you can tell us why um, we haven't got a beat on he's a mo- he's been brought in as a def- more defensive mind- minded midfielder I get a feeling that Poster Coglu's tied him back and he's going to be a-, a key man for us this season there you go, there's a hole that I'm going to die on next <laughs> there it is. I'm on that cross lads Right, so Alan, where where are we putting them? Uh, yeah, I, I, I like I like Kevin's bravado on that one, but again, I've no no evidence that he can contribute at that level. So squad rotation, I think, is probably where he where he, where he will be. Uh, now, if you'd said first team, would have had to move them up. <laughs> Although, unfortunately, Kev, it's just yourself that's dying on that hill. <laughs> Number ten, I'll be in a yeti. For me. I still think there's a player there, but I, I just don't think we're going to get it at Celtic. I'll probably have to put him on the transfer list. Kev? Um, I think there's a player there. I think he can suit Ange Postecoglou. I think he can suit Ange Postecoglou's style. I would put him as squad rotation. Yeah, Alan? I, th- I think he's gone. I mean, he, he tried to he tried to play the way Postecoglou wanted him to play, and his hamstring exploded. I just forget what I just said. But I'm that, doing it. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I thought he had great games against Betis and 
Um, he's, he's shown some glimpses, but I just don't think his body's built to be an Ange Postecoglou player, unfortunately. Um, Bolly. It's gone. No, no, uh, no, way, no way back for many Ven- reasons. Wenger Buster Ibiza. <laughs> and some of the lone players that are returning, starting with number 30, Liam Shaw. Um, for me, I think maybe another back loan. Back out on loan. And, uh, Alan? Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Again, he's another one that I know because he came from Sheffield Wednesday. Very, very raw. He does have the athleticism and the power, but he again, like Urogidi, his, his technical abilities just aren't, I don't think, yet up to scratch. Um, didn't didn't cement a place in Motherwell team either, which in a Motherwell team that I thought would be made for him, actually, in terms mm-hmm. of that box-to-box midfield role. So I'm not optimistic, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of another loan. Someone who else has been out on loan quite frequently, Scott Robertson. I think if he's not a squad rotation option, his career at Celtic could potentially be over, Kev. He'll get pre-season to show what he can do. If they think there's potential, I can see him going back out on loan. Do you think that would be, that would be a third loan spell? I think he's, what, 22 now? That would be his third Is he 22? Loan. I think mm. he is. Maybe, well, maybe I'm wrong. I can't go back and say Stephen Welsh is too old for a loaner. <laughs> he's 22, <laughs> eh? Uh, this is a make-or-break season for him. A right make-or-break. It's a big pre-season. A big pre-season. Uh Aye, squad rotation. The new then. He's sorry, Kev. He's on. He's only twenty. So, so yeah. I mean, I think he's had a. I think I would. I think you'd characterise as a successful loan at Crew, which is you know, whatever you might think about uh, that. It's a hard, a hard place to play in that league. Uh, so I think he's. I think we should. I agree with you. I think your rationale was right. Have a look at him, but potentially another loan. So we will move uh, Scott out on loan. I think it has to go to a higher level. I'd like to, I'd like to see if we could try and loan him to a championship team. Not not a Scottish championship team, but an English championship team. I think that would be a, a real test for him. I look at someone like um, the, the boy that was at Motherwell, Alan Campbell, and how successful he was at Luton last season. And you mm. just wonder if Scott Robertson could do something like that. That might be a bit of a step up, to be fair. But certainly in League One, I could see him doing well in League One. Uh Number 54, Adam Montgomery. He was probably a squad rotation option beforehand. I think at the minute until we sign another left-back, that's where he fits into the squad, Kev. Aberdeen didn't really quite work out for him. Eh? Again, a bit like Scott Robertson, I can see him getting another pre-season and they make the decision on him towards the end of August. Yeah, I think at the minute he's, he's really the only... When you look at scales there as well, is the only other left-backs at the club. He's obviously coming back from a pretty serious injury, Alan, but he was quite highly thought of and was at one point, I believe, uh, it was Kieran Devlin in the Athletics says that he was looked at as a potential long-term uh, position at left-back. Yeah, I mean, he's only 19, right? Uh, and, you know, he was put thrown in a bit last season um, and he was moved around different positions. So I, I don't want to be critical of the kid, but to me, he's a kid and I would probably put him out on loan. On loan, so we'll put him back into the loan market and finally Ozazi Uregide Kevin, I'll let you start Transfer listed, he will end up in Belgium permanently Alan? Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it fits the profile of the players that we need, unfortunately uh, he's best. He's going to be best in a back three we don't play a back three and as I say in terms of we expect the centre-backs to play out from the back and I don't think that's his skill set, so I like him but unfortunately I don't think it'll work out 
So this is our final list. I, I do realise I've missed out Scott Bain in here um, and Barkas, but I think Barkas would be transfer listed. Scott Bain would probably be a squad rotation option. Um, yeah, I, th- I think when you look at this, it's, it's key. We've got seven really key players. We've got a decent depth in the first team squad. And you're looking at that squad rotation and thinking we haven't quite got it there. So this is where this summer transfer window, I think, will be very key. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who we bring in. Thank I, you. I, for, I, I, think, I think it's very, very clear that there's room for improvement in the squad. And that, that was that was shown all last season. Eh? There is definitely room for improvement in that squad, even though some of the guys that we've got there have been utterly phenomenal for us. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're I think we're a good six, if not seven, players actually short of a really strong first team squad. That's that's the reality. And then you look at it and you're thinking that's what Andrew said he's looking to bring in this summer, and the recruitment that he's had so far, it's very difficult to argue against that he won't be able to bring in five or six of those uh, this this window, and then see what we can strengthen again in January. Um, but yeah, definitely an, an interesting exercise to see where we stand as a team going into. Uh, the summer, the one, the other ones that are missing are probably either um, out on loan with no terms of uh, future or guys like Karamoko Dembele who we believe has now departed the club. So um, that's that's for the. Is that, that is that is there is there been an official list of um, released players? It's not came out yet, but they're looking at it. His contract was up uh, on the thirty first of May, so be interested to see how it goes. I know Celtic have the. They still have the right to compensation on that, Alan, because of the way that he's been at Celtic for, what, 10-plus years? So right. Because he's under 23, still get uh, compensation rights for him. So that might be a bit of a extended conversation with wherever he ends up this summer. Mm-hmm. Right, OK. Um, so, yeah, a big thank you to everyone who has taken part in today's uh, show. Uh, for those that are audio listeners, we do apologise that you've not been able to see the graphic that's been in front of us, but we'll get Paul to post up what our final table was, and you can let us know on social media what you think. Uh, I also want to take the chance at the minute just to thank everyone who sent some very uh, kind messages to me over the last couple of days. Um, for anyone that wasn't aware, I got engaged at the weekend, um, and I've had some great um, messages from Axon <laughs> listeners and readers, so... Um, thank you very much for the, the very kind messages. It, it meant a lot to me. Um, but yeah, whatever is left of your uh, holiday Friday, we hope you enjoy it. Um, just don't go to any street parties or anything like that because you'll not find any of us <laughs> at them. Um, we'll be back on Monday for the Monday Bulletin. Until then, I hope you all have a great weekend. It's been myself, Colin, Kevin and Alan Morrison taking you through this uh, Friday Lunchtime Bulletin. Until then, take care, stay safe, and a massive hail hail. and data rates may apply.
Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.